This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is May the 7th, 2021. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Unconfiscatable. I'm offended by selling. Be a unique beast. Best freaking guest in the space. I'm bringing you here every Friday. Yeah, it's time for this week in Bitcoin. And John Vallis is in the house. Pirate Beach Bum makes his return also. And uh, yo, we got uh, we got a special guest. Joe Saz is in that is in the house making his debut on the show. I'm really excited. We're gonna we're gonna talk some trading. We don't usually talk about that here, but uh, you never know what you're gonna get here. Hey, dudes, if you got questions for the panel members. You can ask questions. You can type in Bitcoin Meister. Do a freaking super chat. Get my attention. All right. So I'm going to start it off with a, a John Vallis tweet out there that deals with uh, one of something that happened this week in Bitcoin. Nobody oh, with S coins, because we don't curse here, with S coins, nobody wants to be the one left holding the bag. Bitcoin, everyone competes to be left holding the biggest bag. You can only hold Bitcoin. All right, that's, that's good. You've noticed that people are talking about altcoins this week. And so the big question is, the people are asking me, is this alt season? Has alt season started? And does it really matter to us? Does it matter to the general community? And when you answer this question, John, we'll start with you, if it's really alt season or not, Keep in mind that uh, we had the 2020 halving was a year ago now. And so the 2024 halving is in less than three years. So is the cycle repeating here? Uh, because back in 2017, it was alt season at the same time. And if the cycle is repeating, are we going to have a not so nice 2022? So, John, is it alt season? Is the cycle repeating? And is the euphoria that's going on now going to end up being a big letdown? It will be a big letdown for the altcoiners in 2022. There's no doubt about that. But will it be a big letdown for the Bitcoiners too? Take it away, John. I honestly could not care less. That's the truthful answer. Um, it, it just, it so doesn't matter to me. I mean, you look at the prices of these altcoins and yeah, they're they're pumping because there's a lot of dumb money out there, I guess. And, um, you know, I, the, that tweet that you just referenced, that came from, I was having a conversation with a friend recently and he was telling me how he and his relatives and his parents had gotten into something called safe moon. And, uh, they were telling me that it wasn't even listed on exchanges at the time. It was like on one ex obscure exchange. So they had to like jump through a bunch of hoops just to get into it. And I was like, man, you, you guys really got to be careful. And they're like, no, don't worry. We're going to hodl. We're in this for the long term. And I was like, you don't get it. You can only hodl Bitcoin. Everything else is temporary. And so um, alt season, not alt season. I don't know. I don't care. And look, I used to have, be kind of compassionate and, and try to steer people away because, you know, I'd rather people not get burned. But it's clear that those, you know, cautions fall on deaf ears. And if all this money going into Doge and XRP and Ethereum and whatever else means that that money doesn't go into Bitcoin for longer and people in the know get to stack them up on the cheap for longer, then it's kind of a silver lining or a blessing in disguise or something like that. So, I, you know, I don't care what what alts are doing or alt seasons or anything like that. My game is about accumulating Bitcoin and it's always Bitcoin season. So that's all I care about. Well, John, thank you for clearly answering that part of the part two of the question, which was, does it matter if it's all season or not? And to John, it does not matter. But I want to, I want to, I want to, I do want to take it back though. Um, does unit bias have anything to do with what we see that's going on here? Okay. Because you, 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 you can't deny that there is a, there's, it's been insane this week with this Dogecoin and Ethereum classic. Well, unit bias has something to do with it. If you don't know what you're buying, if you don't understand yeah. the value proposition of how you're deploying your capital, sure, you know, a very, it's a very base 
classic or juvenile or uneducated approach to investing saying, well, I just want to get more of the thing. I don't care what the thing is. I mean, it's stupid. But yeah, it, it affects some people because some people would love to have a, a, a billion doge or whatever the however many units of doge are instead of 0. 0.0001 of a Bitcoin. But, you know, one is ultimately worthless and the other is extremely valuable. So the unit bias does affect people. And to the extent that we could maybe ameliorate that situation, I'm a proponent of SATs the standard. But, you know, if, if, if unit bias is something that's influencing your investing approach, you got way bigger problems. You know, that's a, that's a very stupid mistake to make. Mm. Oh, can, I, right. can I comment on that real quick? Just just as a, do you mind? Yeah, please make your debut. Take it away. Uh, so I, I've been thinking a lot about this, John. And um, like one of the first things that you come into economics and they teach you uh, as the cost of the superior good goes up in value. This is obviously unit bias related. As the cost of the superior good goes up in value, the demand for the inferior good goes up in value. And I remember some of my, my, my debut into crypto was, you know, Hey, Bitcoin's expensive. The cost of the inferior good, which is Litecoin, which sounds a lot like Bitcoin or, or you know, Bitcoin Cash, which, you know, had just been around at the time for a very short period. I don't even know if it was traded. But point is, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I don't really blame people. Uh, and I do feel like um, there is just that that the deception is on the behalf of the altcoiners creating these things. And not on the ignorance per se, uh, if, if I was to put the burden on one side or the other, I would say it's not quite the ignorance of the consumer. Um, I believe they are forgiven for their deeds. It's just that this this concept of is, is kind of like a, a timeless concept in economics that people fall for. And so uh, I do think that they're worth saving and, and we do all the best we can. And, and most likely it's in vain. But I just wanted to point that out. I think the unit bias is less so my concern than the actual value uh, um, perceived in an individual that Bitcoin has competitors, which it, in fact, it does not. Well, and that's, that right. was part well, of my question. Does, does it matter in, it, in, in a sense for what you're saying? It, it does matter because it's uh, making uh, newbies think that, uh, that they could get their hands on the, the next Bitcoin, that the, these other coins are uh, legitimate. Now, there's some legitimate aspects to some of them, but there's plenty of nonsense out there. You know, the, the Dogecoin is going to be the money of the world when no one, there are no developers even working on Dogecoin. But do the people on uh, that, that that are buying it on, uh, what's that uh, platform called? I don't even remember the, the, the name of the platform. Do they even know that? No, they don't know that. They don't even know how to hold the Dogecoin. Robin so, Hood. Robin Hood, exactly. There you go. Pound that like button there. All right. So uh, real before we get the Pirate Beach Bum, because I, I have to read a Pirate Beach Bum uh quote here gk sent 9.99 shout out to my boy pirate and shabbat shalom well shabbat shalom indeed and ben imhoff said what's up with the fancy graphics well i all of a sudden with jitsi they allowed me to like do a background or i just noticed that i could so i honored what happened uh in seattle on wednesday when the orioles had their first no hitter in 30 years all right so going back to uh Pirate Beach Bum, value your wealth in Bitcoin, by the way, guys. Not in uh, not in baseball, but sometimes, you know, you, you've been following baseball since you're a kid. you got to mention it. Now, uh, Pirate Beach Bum said, when I see you tweet stupid S about S coins, I unfollow you. You Have fun getting wrecked. Okay, so that's that's Pirate <laughs> Pirate responding to what he's been seeing going on. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this because some of you are going to say, oh, well, clearly, Pirate is part of the uh, Bitcoin Inquisition, where he he can't take anyone talking about anything but uh, Bitcoin. But there's nuance to this here. I think Pirate has personal responsibility here. He knows that what people are going to get into altcoins. He doesn't let, like altcoins. If people are going to scream about altcoins, he's going to ignore them. He's not going to try to destroy them or anything like that. And he's not going to become obsessed with them. There's a term going on. There's a term out there, Ethereum derangement syndrome. So, Pirate, what is your what is your take on this? Is it alt season? Are some Bitcoiners suffering from Ethereum derangement syndrome? I mean, my take on a lot of this is like with the alts and and the fecal coins and you know the, the, the 
what we're seeing right now is kind of like what we saw in 2017. Um, and it, it's really just driven by greed. Um, and I think there's a little unit bias in there as well. Um, but for me personally, like, I, I think what's why people are getting annoyed, like the reason why I'm annoyed is just the arrogance and all of the, the chirping that you see from, from the fecal coiners. Like all of a sudden they have this confidence and then the narratives get pushed out. And these narratives are what make people do stupid things. Um, you know, like Elon Musk pushing Dogecoin. Um, you hear like most of the people just look at Ethereum. Like most of the people who use Ethereum don't even know what they're investing in. They just think it's the next best thing. Um, there's nothing- Wait a second, wait a second. You said using Ethereum. You made a mistake. They're not using Ethereum. That That's another thing. Oh, Most they bought people, it. They bought it and they send it to a wallet. That's how they exactly, use it. That's not, and, and that's, they're treating it like Bitcoin. They're sending it like Bitcoin if they're even sending it. So I just wanted to throw, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, you're absolutely you. right. And that's a really major point there um, because, because you, Ethereum does all sorts of things. These people are not using it for those sorts of things, but continue. Sorry. Well, and the scary thing about Ethereum is, I mean, just the, the governance changes, you know, there's no audit on the total supply. Uh, I mean, we could just go down the list of all the reasons why you don't, why this isn't a, a store of value. But what, what what's annoying is like, I even heard someone say that Ethereum was a store of value. Yeah. And it's like, like, how does this, and so if, if you're not getting angry about this and, and putting your middle finger up and, and speaking up against this, then I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're not as feisty as me, but I think it's, it's, we, I watched so many people get wrecked during the last cycle, like literally people moving people like Pied Piper, just, just taking people off a cliff. Um, and those people were, they were silent and all of a sudden, you know, they're back and we're going to watch this, uh, this shit show happen. Now I'm not, I'm not that worked up about Ethereum. I tell people this all the time. Like it's not going to go away. Um, there's way too much money invested in it. There's too much VC money, speculator money. Um, they've got enough money to make this party last for, you know, a decade at least. And they don't even have to do anything. Um, and in my time in Silicon Valley, like, you know, uh, being around various startups that were overfunded. I mean, I've seen this so many times. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Do you remember when um, social networks were like the, the next best thing? And you had Google, um, Google put out Google Plus and they were going to be, they were going to everybody well guess what like they couldn't and they didn't and and that was a big waste of money um, and I think this is just another uh, nuance and, and another another part of the cycle and you know you're, we're gonna watch some things happen and I think the most important thing is is don't let the shiny objects distract you stay focused on Bitcoin um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people getting really like sad like oh Bitcoin I'm so yeah. sad and I'm like why the hell are you sad like we're at like fifty seven thousand dollars like I'm I'm happier than I'm happy as I could be so um, I would just stay 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 away from the fecal coins try to stay away from the hype and if somebody is 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 gonna you know speak out and and speak some some I, I'm trying not to cuss here. It's not gonna if they're if they're if they're gonna say some stupid stuff, then then say some stupid stuff back. Like they they deserve it. It's not because we're jealous. It's because we think you're stupid. But, but don't be sad. That's that's the other thing. Don't let it. If you if you feel yourself getting losing control, getting too emotional over Ethereum, over whatever, you gotta just take a step back. I mean, because Bitcoin's doing great. Bitcoin is doing awesome, and people there. There are quite a few people out there that, again, I think they have Ethereum derangement syndrome. They just um, they they can't take that other that it's not going away. That it's it's just it's just a fact of life. But you can ignore it. You don't have to deal with it at all. So I think you've got a you've got a great attitude um, about it. And you you again said it's a, a repetition of a cycle. So I'm going to ask you: Are we going to have a, a down year in 2022 for Bitcoin? I think so. I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as the last one because when you see this type of – like you see the type of um, – I want to call it uh, corporate money coming in, uh, big bank money. There's a lot of very speculative hype. You, you're seeing a lot of the these altcoins now have their own funds. And so to me, it's not going to be as dramatic as a, as a, as a drop, but it's going to be a drop. And the, the real – like I've invested in a lot of startups over my over my lifetime, and I'll be honest with you, like you know, one out of ten gives me the 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 return that I like. Um, you know, maybe two out of ten will return will give me a return, but most of them, well, I would say 
then you'd say two out of 10 also fail. The rest of them, they tread water and they do nothing. And they always give you like, oh, we're going to do all this great stuff, but nothing ever happens out of it. And hopefully somebody can swing something out of this, which with all the money that's been invested into these altcoins, but I'm not very optimistic. All right. Uh, thank you for the, those thoughts right there. You, uh, you're quite a personality on Twitter. All three of these dudes are linked to there. So if you want the curse-filled rants of Pirate, they are definitely on, <laughs> on Twitter for you. I know some of you love that stuff. All right, Joe, we, we, said, a, we said a lot here. Um, I guess, uh, do you have anything to add to, to, to the altcoin of frenzy that's been – is it alt season? And is this a, a, a repetition of uh, 2017? And uh, what do the charts say for uh, 2022 uh, for, for Bitcoin? So take it away. Yeah. So so keep in mind, I, it, it's funny in a circle of Bitcoin maximalists, toxic Bitcoin maximalists. It's I always feel as the trader, I, I always feel like I'm the bearer of bad news on the ask a word and so forth. So um, anyways, my, my views are just, I, I say what I see and I, I don't stop, you know what I'm saying? And that includes bashing S to the freaking end of the world, which I will do and I will freaking call them whatever I need to call them, right? Um, and so I'm with you there, Pirate, uh, 100% and on ultimate toxicity. Um, but alt season is absolutely here. This is the first time in years that I've said this. I remember how many times have we said alt season is here because of a little Litecoin happening hype back in the day or what, you know, uh, little things that have popped around the corner, that little 14K mini bubble we had and, and a, a couple altcoin pumps. This is that, that was all fake alt season to me. Nothing lasted. And, and I said at the time it was it, that was an alt season. This most certainly is. Um, we have corner of the market coins on non-reputable exchanges pumping violently, most likely inside jobs. We have we have corner of the market coins on legitimate exchanges pumping violently, most likely, um, you know, just unit bias, FOMO type stuff, retail type money could be internal moves, um, you know, fake press releases and things like that that cause altcoin pumps. Um, or, or we have the new John McAfee right now, all, known as Elon Musk. He's pumping Doge more than Doge has ever been pumped probably in, in its entirety. Um, I think its market cap is put up in the top five or so, if I'm not mistaken, maybe top 10. But uh, I, I thought it was flipping uh, XRP or something even. So, um, yeah, I think this is 2017, if not some point in early 2018. And and the reason I say early 2018 as a potential is because Bitcoin dominance is now down to like 45. And we're talking like that's a significant, significant drop from the 70 that we were holding consistently high 60s low 70s for quite some time and this just exhibits so many of the behaviors of of like a bitcoin top and which which also uh, alt season and bitcoin tops are pretty much the same thing to me um we have massive fomo institutional money fomo uh alts alts out of nowhere pumping 100 plus percent in a day in a single candle move we have the parabolic advance broken bitcoin was on a parabolic move and we know what happens when Bitcoin breaks parabolas. Now, I argue that it's not whales that are going to be the ones that save the day. They're not. They're here to take your corn. They're not here to, to, to help you keep your corn more valuable. So I do encourage people to be strong hands as a trader, to, to, to be diamond uh, hands, you know, mother effers right now, because this they're not here to help you. They're going to be here to destroy you. Um, so yeah, that's one thing that, that I think I disagree with, with that a lot of people, um, side, uh, take the other side on is I, I don't think institutional money and all that stuff is here to save the day. I think it's actually going to end pretty badly, but probably by design. And then, you know, we'll get some good organic stuff happening. Wow. That, that, that last part was uh, unexpected <laughs> yeah, that you, you, you think, uh, you think there's going to be, uh, when the going gets tough, some of these institutions are going to bail. Oh, I, I know they're they're gonna bail, but I also uh, I think they're gonna have to adhere to the laws in order to do so. I, I'm not saying that they're gonna be the ones that crash the market. Um, and I, I I I wonder what's gonna happen if if Elon Musk is underwater. You know what happens when someone that just threw in you know and made more money in their Bitcoin investment at thirty six or whatever thousand dollars than they did in his entire history of making cars. What's gonna happen when a guy like that 
is is underwater and his share price is now the most important thing to him you know um so i i just i don't i don't want to you know doomsday prep here for bitcoin i'm just saying that we have a number of things that have led us to believe me to believe that we are at least in in ex expressing toppy behavior this could last another six months we can get alts like litecoin pumping to freaking new all-time highs even i mean eth just barely made it we might have a couple corner of the market coins with no liquidity running. This this could continue quite a bit longer. But I'm just saying it's weird to me. I don't think that these guys are here to save the day. I think that they got in on the hype and I think they got in at good levels. Michael Saylor starting at 9,000x100, adding at 20, 18 to 20K. Maybe it was 22. Uh, I can't remember exactly. And then again in the low 30s. And that's where Elon Musk got involved. And those are pretty much the two biggest names that matter to me right now. Um, as far as people that are trying to uh, uh, move along with the space as opposed to hinder it, people like Bill Gates would be the hindering uh, peeps. And, and, and I think a, a number of names that you have uh, um, pinned in the tweet. So, yeah, I, I think just, you know, my overall point, institutional money is not here to save your ass. It's here. To, they're here to take your corn. Um, now, and, yeah. Well, 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 then. So one conclusion we can make on this is you don't think 2022 is going to be too cool for Bitcoin then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agreed with everyone. I, I, I was silently agreeing with everyone on that one. I don't think 2022 is going to be, uh, you know. Uh, I didn't, and John didn't get to say his take on it, what he thought 2022 was going to be. Uh, uh, base, because, again, John, you said it doesn't, you know, alt, alt season doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I just the whole mentality, if, if the alts start to majorly dump and just, I mean, hopefully people will run the Bitcoin. But last time around, people just left the cryptocurrency space uh, entirely after an insane euphoric year of 2017. And then we had this eh, 2018 wasn't too fun. So uh, I, I want to get your take on that real quick, uh, John. Right. Well, like I said, I'm not a trader. So my opinion is pretty much worthless in this regard. Um, I tend to suspect when there's this when the air comes out of this alt bubble, and when the air comes out of a lot of the, the bubbles outside of the crypto space, um, I think it pulls Bitcoin down temporarily with it, although not to the same degree. And then I think a lot of that capital ends up flooding into Bitcoin. I mean, I think there's a real narrative shift where people realize that Bitcoin is the only place where you can put your capital to preserve it and to grow it. And uh, when there's bubbles all around and when there's increasing regulation and restriction and all that kind of stuff everywhere, I think a lot of this hot money that's everywhere spread out everywhere right now winds up in bitcoin maybe after a, a short pull down so you know i i don't know I, I don't know we could like melt faces the end of this year uh if the cat gets out of the bag or we could just you know, continue a steady climb upward so but again i don't care like i don't the time in the market is not my thing you know um learning about this thing and using it to its fullest and talking about it and trying to understand it better and connecting with people that are understanding it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's the name of the game for me. And I wanted to ask Joe, uh, you know, you're saying about the institutional guys and they're not going to be our saviors. And you mentioned uh, Elon and then you mentioned Sailor. Do you think if if Sailor is underwater, like if we go down and stuff, or do you think he's in the soft hand category? Do you think he'll psych, you know, get out of his position, reduce something like that? Is that what you're saying? I think uh, this is my personal thought. I think his company money, yes. I think his personal money, no. I, I, he has done both. I do believe that I call Sailor the overnight OG. I, I do think he is a real Bitcoiner, and I think he is a hodler, stronghand hodler. But I don't think a company is able to take on the brunt of a bear market, even even if it isn't you know the most extreme bear market. Let's say this one doesn't adhere to the 80% pullback rule. I still don't think that someone would want to ride that down all the way, but he did buy most of his Bitcoin, I think at around 9,000. So you know. he did mention though that, you know, he's done the analytics. And if you look at big Bitcoin from in a five year period, it's always up higher uh, when that five years and that when that five year ends. And so to me, like, I don't know, I've listened to a lot of, a lot of his, his talks. And I, I think that guy has some strong hands. I don't think we're going to see him. He's going to be, if, if he, if he dumps, it's going to be ugly because a lot of people worship the dude and they're going to dump too. But I don't think he's going to dump. I, I just I, I put company different than I put individual though. Like if the company dumps, I would say 
that's company. That's company stuff. That's that's uh, that has to do with books. That has to do with profit. But if he dumps as an individual, I would say that is a broken windshield uh, on the on the car of Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's like some crazy stuff going on. I, I think he is a strong hand hodler. I just think that companies have to behave differently because, especially public companies. All right, but you got to you got to admit one thing: companies dumping. Elon Musk uh, the the other day, what was it? Tesla sold some, and all the headlines were Elon Musk sold Bitcoin, and he had to clarify it. So I mean, they're, they're, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if uh, you know, MicroStrategy maybe it will sell some in the future, and people will blow it out of proportion because they're, they're going to say, "Oh, it's Michael Saylor," and it'll just have to be. Uh, uh, clarified. We, we got a lot of we got a lot of new uh, noise in the space, to say the least. Well, yeah, that, the easiest thing to manipulate in price is psychology. Sorry, yeah. please continue. No, 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 no. That's right. I got that's what that's the point I'm trying to make. That's and there's so many lies out there that uh, people jump and so much confusion. The mainstream media just jumps on. And uh, to what so, you're saying there too is that's exactly why we're seeing this crazy alt season, quote unquote, because mm -hmm. it's psychological. Um, people want this next best Bitcoin and they keep chasing it. It's like they're chasing crack cocaine or something and they're never going to get it. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's a, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, it's the slow, the, the turtle always wins the race. That's the best way to put it. You know, don't get greedy. Don't my, get ahead of yourself. Is, yes. And, and that's, yeah, and I, John I was trying, that's what John was saying before. John was just talking about long-term thinking. John only cares about freaking long-term thinking, strong well, hands. That, that's what I. That's what I was just gonna say. Is you know, like when these, when we talk about this year and next year, that's when these conversations, like it's easy to take a relative approach to all this stuff. Like again, I talked to a friend recently. Uh, yeah, I, I took some out of Bitcoin and put it in Polkadot because that's gonna grow faster than Bitcoin, and then I'm gonna sell it at its peak, and then I'm gonna get back into Bitcoin. And there's all these so much risky assumptions and all this you know ridiculous kind of thinking around it. Whereas if you take a, a, a decade time horizon, we say in a decade, so I don't know what's going to happen next year, but in a decade, I think Bitcoin's going to be around $10 million a coin, for example. Well, then, you know, when you're talking about these things, well, are, are any of those altcoins that you're considering right now even going to be here? Most likely not. Are they going to outperform Bitcoin in that period? Most likely not. So, you know, don't the anxiety of looking at in short term, unless you're a trader, of course, and if you're a trader, that's your prerogative. But like if you're just someone who's trying to increase the, their financial security and their position and the optionality in their life over a span of, of their lives over time, then, you know, trying to guess what's going to happen next year is kind of irrelevant. Like, you know, play play the long game. Exactly. You, you bring up you bring up a classic line that these Bitcoiners they think they can time the market with the altcoins. I've heard it so many times. Yeah, I'm just going to go into this one for a little while, and then I'll get more Bitcoins. I'm just trying to get more Bitcoin, Adam. That's the only reason I'm getting it. And they can't time it. You don't necessarily know when the dump is going to happen. There's so much manipula weird manipulation, fake news that's out there. It's 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 not a very liquid market, some of these uh, altcoins. A anything can freaking happen. And, John, you're talking about 10-year time horizons. For me, again, people don't even have to, you know, 10 years seems kind of extreme for some people. It's four years, baby, 210,000 blocks. Joe, you said before that um, that seller has done the, the math. And he sees that, you know, every if you take a five-year period, the Bitcoin's always worth more. You don't even have to do that. You take any point in time and you subtract 210,000 blocks and Bitcoin is worth more in, in terms of fiat. That's the 210,000 block theory right there. Everybody, pound that like button. All right, does anyone else have anything to say? I, I said a lot there, so. Um, all right, I didn't. I thought I might have interrupted someone. So I'm gonna go back to Joe here. And I, I, a trading question that has been brought up, specifically by Andy Hoffman, actually. And if you, if you look at the charts, if you look, Ethereum goes up, and then Bitcoin goes up. That's what, and it, it, it seems it's it's very strange, and not many people are talking about it. That, uh, and for me, it really doesn't matter. Like, is Ethereum is the Ethereum price leading the Bitcoin price? To me, I don't even I don't care about that at all. But it has been brought up to me. And since you're you're a trader, have you noticed that? Does that matter to you? I mean, is it is it happening? 
so so let's go back to to when this would matter um right now we're at a weird a, a very different time in the market to be asking that question like if this question was asked you know when in, in in at the bottom at three thousand dollars there was there was litecoin and there was ethereum a couple different like cryptocurrencies like that that maybe had a 20 percent jump in a day and then the next day bitcoin had a five to ten percent move or something so historically yeah it's happened do i do i put like a lot of weight on that no absolutely not i i just i think that you're just gonna get spot i call it the money train but like traders that have been around in the space for a long time got used to moving money from crypto to crypto before stablecoin pairs or us dollar pairs were really popular so it's more a matter of what i call riding the money train um and and that just happens and and there's, there's telegram groups and discord groups that orchestrate stuff like that and unless you're on the inside you're on the outside and back to the point of trading alts which is something that i don't do um because i've seen people end up having to quit everything to do with crypto in order to go back to their bartending job and so forth, because, you know, the, the downside potential is, is just as much there as the upside potential. It's not worse, uh, statistically speaking from, from when you enter. So, um, Ethereum leading this run or anything like that. No, I think Bitcoin is stalling out. Alt, uh, alt dominance is increasing. So Ethereum is going up relative to Bitcoin, not necessarily, it's going up relative to the US dollar, but we're only at less than 100% from the all-time high of ETH in 2017, 2018. So ETH really hasn't done much work. But what it has done is while Bitcoin's consolidated, gone down even a little bit, ETH has managed to go from around 2 to 3% of the value of a Bitcoin to about 6% the value of a Bitcoin. All I care about in this information is that alt season is likely on. And it probably has to get to above 0.1 Bitcoin before I would bet alt season off is off. But the thing is, we now have DeFi and NFTs, which are all on Ethereum, right? So I, I think that could kind of clutter that noise. Uh, so you think Ethereum will get to 10% of a Bitcoin? It historically has gone above that. Um, but I think that, you know, this time around, you're, you know, put your stops in. You know, if you're, if you're up in Bitcoin, I, I always say... That it's better to put a stop in and, and just leave the trade. You know, if you want to be a, a FOMO moon boy on Doge and try to make some some Bitcoin out of it, just don't forget to put your stops. And chances are, by the time your stop is hit, there's no there's no liquidity in the market, so your stop might trigger 20% slippage without you even realizing it. But anyways, um, yeah. Uh, back to your point, uh, which I might have lost for a second there. Um, well, just yeah, the, the the original point was okay. So you're you're saying that the, the Bitcoin price is following Ethereum price, but it doesn't matter. So, no, I, what I'm saying is Bitcoin is stalling out. And now this is the time for alts to think that they are taking over the world. Alt FOMO increases. I don't think that that's going to cause Bitcoin to go up in value. I think Bitcoin is kind of on its own level. And, and the people that invest in Bitcoin are usually not just trying to make a buck usually like a lot of the people that I know trading Bitcoin or investing in Bitcoin do realize that they're touching the most or I often say the second most valuable thing that you're ever going to have possession of in your life other than family and friends. So, um, you know, a lot of people realize the actual gold that you're trading, you know, so that that is an important distinction between something like this. And, and even if even dominance spiking down uh, people don't feel the same way when they're dealing with all these other cryptocurrencies all right uh but by the way everybody retweet this if you're watching this live in the chat right now we're trying to get more people uh over here to ask us some questions oh here we got a question here um i was just watching joe's live stream this is from uh, daniel sternthal joe's live stream earlier i was able to Talk two friends out of Doge, got them to sell their Doge and only buy Bitcoin, got them some cold card wallets immediately. Well, good. Um, it's glad, you know, one, one big takeaway you can take away from that, Daniel, is you're getting them to, you're teaching them to learn how to store Bitcoin, okay? If you got them a cold card wallet. It's work. It's God's yeah. work. Yeah, because with the Doge, most likely they were just keeping the Dogecoin on Robinhood. I mean, these people who are buying Dogecoin, they are not learning about cryptocurrency storage at all. I can, I can, I can almost uh, guarantee it. So I, I want to, since we got, we, we're talking trading. One last trading question for 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 Joe here, um, it, and I, I've noticed this: the the 
Bitcoin is the, the market cap is over a trillion dollars. And it seemed like this last week, especially um, the price would go down to a point where it all the market you know, it was like around 52, 53,000, whatever the exact number is. Um, and it would bounce off of that. Like, uh, do you think is there some psychology behind that? Uh, is this trillion dollar market cap line something that's uh, difficult to break? Um, you know, it's it's kind of something that's been a talk of the town for the past number of years and, and obviously not a trillion, but like back in the day, like whatever, 100 billion. billion and yeah, yeah. right. It, it's been something that's been around. But to be honest, I don't know a single trader that uses that um, as to make a decision to enter or exit a position. I, I would say, yes, that is significant. Um, and, and I like the fact that Bitcoin, even as a as a money, is like the 12th largest currency, I think, in the world now. Um, there's tons of amazing metrics and milestones that Bitcoin is 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 defeating or you know advancing, but um, uh, I wouldn't put too much on emphasis on on market cap as a oh this is the defense line you know if anything the defense line is when Elon Musk bought Bitcoin or when Michael Saylor bought Bitcoin so my first support before we broke ten thousand was ninety six hundred you know and then that's when the market started rolling up. So uh, I would think that it's more big money defending positions than a market cap value of, you know, of psychological, um, uh, a psychological point in the market to, to uphold. I, I just don't see that being something traders actively want to monitor and use to make their buying and selling decisions. All right. All right. That is a good, good insight there and a good take. All right. So we're going to we're going to move on here to to some other topics that were in the title here. Oh, the end. Well, who we could talk about NYDIG real quick uh, here. Uh, John, did you hear about that? The, uh, uh, the enabling uh, banks to uh, what was what did NYDIG? What was the official? Uh, I, I've got the headline here. I want to I want to read it real quick. Oh God, there's so much I have written down here. Janet Yellen, where is the NYDIG thing? Did you know? Did you hear about that one uh, though, uh, John? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. All right. Well, well but, but address it because I cannot find the quote. Sorry. Well, I I think the punchline was just that it's going to allow uh, you know a big portion of traditional bank customers to get access to buying Bitcoin. I think that was through you know yes. one of and uh, Nidig's uh, subsidiaries or something like that. Um, you know and. Great. Like this is it's a lot of this is probably going to be white label Bitcoin. Like it's going to be neutered to a certain degree as some of the existing financial products are. But and, you know, some people think that's a negative, but I just think it it, it grows the size it increases the demand for Bitcoin. And yes, for the people that are buying white label Bitcoin or buying exposure or whatever, then they're not getting the true benefits of Bitcoin. But for everybody that is maximizing Bitcoin's use and value and taking custody and running their own node and to basically establish sovereignty and freedom for themselves, then the size of the, you know, of Bitcoin, the economic mass of Bitcoin growing from that demand amplifies their ability to do so, you know, so those people are probably us, right? It, it amplifies the power and influence and ability to leverage the benefits of Bitcoin for the hardcore hodlers. And that's, I think that's great because we're the ones that are, are, are fostering this kind of growing change that's emerging as a result of the Bitcoin ecosystem getting larger and more distributed and effectively more powerful. Yes. Bitcoin is coming to hundreds of U.S. banks this year, says crypto custody firm NYDIG. But I got to take John's take on this here. It's white label Bitcoin indeed. Um, so why wait? <laughs> but most people want, want it to be uh, – they, they want a stamp of approval from their bank. They're not going to feel comfortable with this thing until their bank uh, allows them to hold it or allows them to trade it or whatever this is going to be. Um, but hey, it's something that's to be expected. And uh, hopefully you beat these people to the punch. You're already a holder if you're watching this. So uh, Pirate, what was your, your take on this news? Hey, you know what? On ramps, on ramps, on ramps, on ramps. Yeah. The more on ramps, the better. Um, we've like, if you think of the past, like we were always neutered on the on ramps. And uh, if this was 2016, 2017, this is what we dreamed of happening. Um, and it's happening right now. And I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I'm not like 
I'm not doing toe touches over it because we've just seen so much cool shit happening with um, with Bitcoin. Um, but one thing I do want to comment on um, from the last segment is, and we were talking about, will this be, will 2022 be the same as 2018, 19, all that stuff. Um, one thing we didn't take into consideration is uh, COVID and all the money printing. That changes the whole dynamic. Um, that makes your Bitcoin way more valuable. And notice I did not say fecal coin, I said Bitcoin. Um, so I think with the people who are smart enough to understand the fundamentals of Bitcoin um, and understand uh, the, the, the problems with all the money printing that we're seeing, um, this could totally change the dynamics of where we're headed in 2022. That's a really good point. Pound that like button, everybody. Very good. Very good tie into something we're going to be talking about with Janet Yellen in a second. Was someone else about to say something there? Okay, I thought I. I, I heard. I'm, I'm just. I'm just agreeing, man. You're hitting some nails on the head, both of you two. This is a great conversation to be a part of. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Dude, it's the best freaking guest in the space. It's the best freaking show in the space, baby. Pound that like button. I bring the energy, brother. So, Joe. Woo, I'm talking like a freaking uh, wrestler here. Macho man, Randy Savage, pound that like button. Now, uh, no, I, and and I'm not excited the way he the, – the reason Macho man was always that excited, he was uh, uh, he was doing some things behind the scenes. It's all natural with me. Now, but Joe, let, let's uh, – what was your take on the NYDIG? I, I, I agree. On ramp, on ramps, on ramps. The more – you know, if, if the normies, if that's the only way they're going to get into it, then fine. Great. Yeah, uh, so my, my tie-in, uh, just to agree to a point earlier made by John, that these are almost people that like are getting Bitcoin but kind of don't deserve it. So whatever ends up happening as a result of their custodial Bitcoin or whatever that they sign up for, that's on them, whatever. I'm sure there's laws that are going to prevent illicit things or you know bad things from happening in the United States if you were to you know invest uh, somehow, right? But uh I, I just think that it's not the best way to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, if I'm going to get my Bitcoin, I have a hodl, it's off the grid and, and I want it to stay that way, but more on ramps is better. And, and I'm going to throw in the little plug here because it's not just on ramps, you know, as, as, um, as a, as a toxic Bitcoin maximalist got into the space as a, as a, as a trader trading anything I can get my hands on and lucky because I was in a bull market. So I was a very lucky trader. And uh, now it's like, it's all about Bitcoin, right? So uh, uh, back, uh, my, my point, darn it, I keep, I keep losing my points here. Um, what was the topic again? Uh, well, you I were commenting on about the, off ramps, maybe something okay, so, you, so, you're involved. Yeah, like we're, we're also like, there's, it's about off ramps. It's about turning Bitcoin into a, a spendable money and, and, a, and a friendly money that people can kind of digest. So like, you know, me, for example, making a, a refillable prepaid debit card using Bitcoin. Well, the narrative now disappears of Bitcoin is not spendable because I can make it so that your Bitcoin is U.S. dollars on a debit card within 30, 30 minutes, three transactions approximately. So, um, you know, I, I think as I'm coming out of this, like, you know, super toxic space of stay off the grid at all costs, coin join, you know, all due diligence processes uh, must be upheld to the understanding that, all right, you know, there needs to be a couple of us that venture out into the wild and and maybe put on a smile and, and get things working for the community to, to really kick into hyper Bitcoinization or whatever overdrive means to you. Well, dude, you're you're in motion with your product there. Reach out to everybody with it. Great. I, I'm and I and, and you'll you'll talk about that at the uh, as we progress here in the show. All right, let's. Uh, there was something I I wanted to tie into Yellen here. All right, so it's there, there seems to be a confused old woman in Washington D.C. named uh, Jan Janet Yellen. Um, and uh, at the beginning of the week, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said Tuesday she wasn't expecting an inflation problem as the U.S. economy rebounds. Uh, walking back comments that unsettled markets hours earlier. Yellen had said earlier in the day that interest rates may need to be hiked in order to stave off inflation. So at, at one point in the day, she says she's going to write that we're going to have inflation. So, you know, to fight inflation, you raise rates. And then, oh, she changes her mind when she sees the market, what happened. I mean, a, a bigger point I, I, that I, I derive from all this is 
what does this say about our, our government officials? I mean, they don't, <laughs> they change their minds on a whim. Uh, they don't seem to know what they're talking about. They don't put these people on pedestals. But uh, no, there is, there is inflation. There is money printing. Okay. And that there, that she, that she told the truth. I thought, well, okay, that's cool. She told the truth, but then she lied and said, you know, no, no need to worry. So uh, Joe Saz, any take on that? Um, you know, what she said and the, 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 the reaction the market actually had to it, the, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin price went down when, when she first said what she said, but in, in the long run, does it really matter what she says? I mean, the op, $10 trillion has been printed or whatever it is. It's, it's not going away. So we're having inflation. So Joe, your take. Um, I'm just going to keep it simple here and say, uh, there's two ways that you get into Bitcoin, either voluntarily or kicking and screaming. And people like Janet Yellen kind of make me remember that, uh, you know, if you're if you're in before some of that stuff is being said, then you're probably on the right side of history. Uh, so, you know, just my general point would be that a lot of people are trying to snuff Bitcoin in whatever way that they can. And and that should be a strong sign to you that it's, it's probably good to be dollar cost averaging. All right. Uh Pirate, did you have thoughts on Janet Yellen being confused? Talk dirty to me, Janice. I love it when she talks inflation. It's like, I don't know, I, I feel a tingling in my oracles when I hear that because that just means <laughs> because I'm just so bullish on Bitcoin. I mean, all of this this stupidity in monetary policy that we've seen in the last you know couple years, um, well, I should say last year, um, especially, and then in this last six months. Um, I mean, all this is good news for Bitcoiners. It's bad news for fiat holders, but I think it's good news for, for Bitcoiners. All right. And uh, up in Canada, uh, John, did you have a thoughts on uh, Janet Yellen's confusion? Yeah, I mean, Janet and her ilk are incompetent, dishonest cowards, and uh, they've always been wrong. And they're, the influence that they exert over the system is a great example of how broken the system actually is, that some old lady in Washington can move trillions of dollars in market activity all over the world. It's absolutely absurd. And if you listen to her and if you dictate your actions around her, her and if your ideology is aligned with her, then uh, you got some serious problems. And luckily for us, we are aligned with something different and all of her shenanigans do nothing but advance our cause and our interest. So yay for us, you know? Pound that like button. That was a great way to summon her up there. So let's talk about another a senior citizen, uh, Charlie Munger in the house here. He said, and he's Warren Buffett's right-hand man, uh, Bitcoin success is disgusting. <laughs> Bitcoin success, that, that's it. This I, mean, I do enjoy much. This I do enjoy. We'll, we'll take it away. Uh, I, I love people that, that have in financial incentive to hate Bitcoin because uh, – I often say that if you're holding Bitcoin, you are actively participating in a revolt. And I love to see the enemies show their faces. Uh, we are we are coming after them. We are trying to destroy their entire concept of of exploitative capitalism. Um, we you know the the whole concept of free trade. Where if if corn farmers next door to cotton farmers could produce better goods or services than the other, and then they could trade over you know, fair, fair labor and stuff. But then you have these rich balling ass dudes in the world that have done terrible things to exploit their way to the top. And then you have a freaking hammer that's coming in and shattering every foundation that they have built. And they have all been built on blood. This makes me very excited, very passionate. And I love Bitcoin for this fact. I cannot wait to see more of them crumble. Uh, all right. Beautiful. Who's just clapping there? <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what, what do you What do you have to? Add? That, that reason I asked is, what do you have to add? Whoever was clapping. <laughs> well, I'm, I I totally agree. That's well said. I mean, it's it's the height of absurdity and hypocrisy to hear those words come out of the mouth of someone who's benefited so much from such a corrupt, disgusting system itself. You know, and another one who's been in the media lately has been Kevin O'Leary talking about blood coin and and bitcoins that are mined on you know not renewable energy sources, which is absolutely absurd especially when you think of like what are you are you okay with trending in and making u.s dollars because i struggle to think of something that could be better characterized as a blood coin than the u.s dollar over the past century you know so 
all of these people are uh, manifestations of a broken, corrupt system. And of course, they're playing to their incentives like most people do. And uh, it's a it's an absolute pleasure to watch them uh, squeal, you know, squirm and squeal as uh, that hammer comes down on them. It's beautiful. I, I like John brings up his fellow Canadian there, uh, you know, tying it into Canada. I like I like you doing that there. Uh, you know, bringing up uh, Munger is just a, to me Munger is just an old man uh, screaming. Okay, so that and it was just kind of like a it's kind of like a baby type of comment. Like it's disgusting. I mean, there's not much to disgusting, but. Uh, O'Leary is a little bit different there. He is buying into the uh, a narrative that we're going to have to deal with. We're not going to have to deal with people saying, "Oh, it's disgusting." That's that's nonsense. Uh, what what big strong hands are going to have to deal with this blood coin thing, or that it's not patriotic, or it's, it's killing the environment? And there will be big names uh, talking that talk. Uh, and, and O'Leary is respected in in many circles. There. He's going back and forth. I think he's trying to manipulate it and get, and get Bitcoin at a cheaper price, too. I mean, he's not showing his entire hand there. Charlie Munger isn't buying this stuff. It, it, he's he's long pay. He's 90 some years old. It does. But but in, interesting, you bring up uh, Kevin O'Leary there. We, I just threw a lot on the table there. So I I, and I so I know that uh, pirate who can go on all sorts of rants. <laughs> uh, t- take it away there. Char, Char, yeah. You talk about O'Leary or Munger. So it's really disgusting to empower, you know, sovereign individuals to hold and support the hardest money in the world. Like that's so disgusting, like, you know, that that people are going to hold Bitcoin and actually, you know, not be not opt into the the corrupt system that has led these guys to be the old, um, you know, the old rich people that they are. Um, And the the. The O'Leary stuff, I mean, that guy, I think he's learned that if he talks about Bitcoin, he gets a lot of press. And so I think this is more about that. But um, these narratives that you that you were just discussing, um, you know, um, the, the anti-Bitcoin narratives, you know, blood coin, um, the, the excessive use of energy, all this, this is going to be our biggest fight as we move forward. And this is where we're going to see these the new bad actors come out of the woodwork to shit on Bitcoin. Um, and uh, along with the, the mongers and, and they're going to, they're going to come at it with all the fiat money you can, you can think of um, to try and to squash this rebellion, but they're not going to be able to do it. Um, and, you know, I liked what, what John said, um, think 10 years from now, <laughs> where are we going to be in 10 years? Like, you know, think five years, but like 10 years, that's a whole nother, you know, low time preference, uh, way of looking at things. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, all of this is just part of the process and it's part of the, it's part of the evolution of Bitcoin. And you just, people are just going to have to learn to not, to, to, to ignore it, tune it out and just realize there's going to be a lot of people squealing. All right. Uh, going back to Joe real quick, because you didn't get to say, what do you think about those narratives, uh, blood coin and uh, killing the environment and unpatriotic? Are you prepared for this? Yeah, um, I would say if anything is probably more patriotic uh, than the U.S. dollar and, uh, you know, the blood coin and, and the mining stuff, like, you know, those are things that being in the space for a number of years now, it's it's like that just that just kind of brush off the shoulder. You know what I'm saying? The mining stuff. I, how many noobs have we seen in the past six months act like mining and, and, and increasing global temperatures are, are the same thing, right? Like, it, it's just a, a hot button topic for people to sound like they're educated enough or whatever. So I, I just, I look right past some of this stuff. Um, and uh, But I would also say that, you know, uh, this is a serious, um, you know, the patriotic thing, you know, that means a lot to me. Um, you know, patriots are not just uh, people who wrote policies. They are gangsters. They are cutthroats. They are savages who were who were under threat of death at you know by hanging or at gun posts, right, or at the post, right. These guys were doing everything they could. So to be a patriot to me means a lot. And I do believe being in Bitcoin makes you a true patriot of the United States of America, and maybe even to your own country if those are the morals of your country. Um, but yes, I, I, I think that Bitcoin is not anti-patriotic. I think I think the most patriotic thing in my entire life in the as a United States citizen, not only is the right to bear arms, but the, the right to own Bitcoin, uh, which is going to it's an it's in, in a right that we're going to have whether or not the government allows it. Well said there, Joe. But un- unfortunately, there will be fudsters out there that will be like, you are supporting China. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> and thus you are against America by uh, buying Bitcoin, which is it's, it's it's terrible, but it's people will buy into it. Um, okay, so let's. I want to I want to ask uh, John uh, about an, an interview that you just did, um, with, and I don't know much about this person. That's why I'm going to ask you, what's up with this Mayor Conger of Jackson, Tennessee, John? Uh, he's just another laser-eyed Bitcoiner, you know. He uh, he noticed what uh, Suarez was doing down in Miami, being very pro-business, being very pro-Bitcoin, and um, you know he. I think he liked those principles. He seems like a stand, you know, stand-up guy to me. He's trying to do well by his constituents. He believes in a lot of the principles on which you know the U.S. was founded. And he sees in Bitcoin a tool and an instrument to foster and instantiate and to sanctify some of those principles. And, you know, and I think he sees the economic benefit of doing so as soon as possible. So he's learning about it. He's going through the motions to try to get uh, the uh, permission to put it on the state's balance sheet, to pay state employees in it, to do to do uh, state sponsored mining uh, or city, you know, public mining uh, in the city. Um, and he seems fully on board with what it represents and the future uh, that it could manifest for his constituents. So, you know, th this is the thing about Bitcoin, right? It's 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 a virus of freedom that infects everybody. And it's, you know, be rejecting Bitcoin is kind of like a, you know, it reveals your morality in many ways, because if you reject something that instantiates these principles of, of freedom and sovereignty, then what does it say about you and what you believe in? And so I think it's going to be very difficult for, for people as this narrative begins to get out and people appreciate it more to reject Bitcoin uh, on on principled grounds because it, it reveals what there is like the U.S. that's supposedly principles of freedom more so than any other country in the world. I think it's as a public individual or as a public servant, it's going to be increasingly difficult to deny what it represents. A virus of freedom that infects everyone. Oh, pound that like button for that one, dudes. But you know, Janet, Janet Yellen's probably got some vaccine for that she wants you to take. Okay, so let, <laughs> but, but, but going, so he's serious. He, he's not just using it as a gimmick. He's not, and he's, do you think he's- He seems serious to me. Okay, he's not trying to, you know, become a state senator or move up because of that. I mean, okay, good, good. I, I, it's a small, it's a small city, you know, that he's in charge of over there. So if he does use it to move up, then, then good for him. But I, I hope, I hope he sticks with it. It's just not like a trend. Um, the, the, you know, I, I try not to put these politicians on pedestals. Um, but no, uh, I, I, it's, it's happening. In, Tennessee is quite a free place. I've been here now for five weeks almost, uh, or it'll be here in Nashville. He's Jackson's not far away, I guess. Um, but I'm going back to Miami, though. We're, we're going to talk about Miami in a second. Miami, best big city to be in in the United States right now. All right. Well, uh, we, we're hitting here at the end of the end of the show. Um, I want to I want to go to our, our guests and see if they have any conclusionary remarks, anything that they have to add, uh, any any anything that was left out, anything they want to promote, and of course. I just want to say, since I'm going to I'm going to Miami on Tuesday, I'm going to be there for a month. I obviously am going to be at the event on June the fourth and fifth, the Bitcoin Magazine event. It is going to be great. So, Joe, we're going to start with you. You're actually going to be at the Miami event too, so it will be great to meet you and anyone who's thinking about coming. I mean, you've seen week after week how many of my guests are going to be at this event. It is it's unbelievable. But, Joe, any thoughts? You could talk about Miami. You could talk about your business. You could talk about anything yeah. that was left off. It's it's yours. The floor is yours. Uh, so I'll just end by saying, and I think I can speak for everyone here, uh, I'm in Bitcoin for the revolt. And I think everyone that gets into cryptocurrency, all the noobs that are looking and watching this, who will inevitably watch this show, that that is, you're talking to three people who are in Bitcoin for the revolt. We might be wearing different clothes, we might be thinking different thoughts, or skill sets are different. But I have a feeling we all have the same goal, and we all have laser eyes, you know, in one direction, whether or not they're on our Twitter profiles. But um you know, anyways, that being said, I do absolutely look forward to Miami. I think it's going to be the uh, show of the year already in June. Um, I think it's going to be the best thing to go to. I can't wait. I'm excited. I will be uh, sponsoring a booth, Emboli USA Inc., which is a refillable prepaid debit card using cryptocurrency. So imagine you can use a card anywhere on the globe. 
you top it up in Bitcoin. I'm not saying this is something that you necessarily want to be using all the time, but you have yourself a great option if you're ever caught in a little rut. So Emily, um, I can go on about it. Of course, at the conference, I'll look forward to seeing a, a few of you there. And of course, tons of the audience members I hope can make it. And um, yeah, I'm absolutely excited to meet you both in person. I think John, you might've mentioned you were going if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll look forward to that. Uh, Joe, you've made an excellent debut on the show. You will return. You've, I, 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 I love it. I told you it'd be a good time. Man. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go to John real quick. Yes, John, will, John is going to be there and I give him all the credit in the world um, you know, being Canadian, it's going to be hard to get back into Canada because of their ridiculous rules. And it's ridiculous the Blue Jays are playing in Buffalo. They should be playing at the Sky Dome or whatever you want to freaking call it. But Canada is nonsense. It's a nonsense country for all the people who, who have said for years and years, oh, it's better than Mexico. Come on now. There's no argument now. But sorry, went on a rant there. John, your, your conclusionary thoughts. <laughs> well, I agree you it's an absolute uh, poop show up here and i can't wait to get out and mix it up with some bitcoiners in miami it's going to be great you know the lineup looks lineup of speakers looks awesome but i'm way more excited about just meeting you guys and hanging out with people and stuff and this is not i'm not chilling this for any other reason that if people are listening to this and they want to go and they want a 15 percent cheaper ticket you can use the promo code VALIS to get a 15% uh, cheaper ticket. And I'm not trying to hijack your show, but I'm just saying that if people want a cheaper ticket and they, and they want to go. V-A-L-L-I-S? Um, yeah. Promo code VALIS. Um, but yeah, man, Adam, you know I love hanging out with you, man. I appreciate the invite. Uh, it's great to speak with you other guys. I love this stuff, and uh, I love what's happening here with the culture and the people and the movement and you know as distributed as it is and as much disagreement as there is i mean it's just something incredibly special and it's a it's an honor to be a part of it and to be able to mix up mix it up with people all the time and uh i'm pumped man i, I can't wait to uh to have some fun in my dude it, it, it will be great to meet you in person and shake your hand because yes, we are allowed to shake hands in the United States. I don't know if you're allowed to do that in Canada, <laughs> but I mean, and touch each other. I'm going to be hugging these dudes, kissing these dudes now. Uh, and also, John has his podcast. It's linked to below at his Twitter account. You got to promote that, dude. Um, and no, of course, give out the, the the code. That was awesome that you're trying to get people discounts. Please, I'm always trying to save people money on this show, man. Oh God. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, Valis, Valis code. All right. We're going we're gonna to leave it with uh, Pirate Beach Bum because he is just a character on Twitter. We don't even know who he is for real life, and that's part of the glory of being a unique beast in this freaking space. All right. So what do you got to say? Um, you won't you won't be in Miami, but I you definitely will not be in Miami. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to shit on you guys for going down there. Have a great time. Hopefully you don't wake up with some like dude in your hotel room and you steals your treasure or something because you drank too much. But, you know, <laughs> it'll <laughs> no, be a, la a lady, a, a woman. Watch out, dude. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. They will. I, I wonder if we're going to encounter that, like some hot ladies there that try to uh, do that kind of thing. That, that's a that's a way to get for women to get Bitcoin in Miami. Be oh. careful, dudes. Be, Be careful, careful of the hot lady boys. <laughs> no, bull, come on. These men, you're these men are going to Bangkok right now. Uh, Miami. I could tell you, I went to the last event uh, a month ago or whatever, uh, maybe just a couple weeks ago, and Miami's doing great. It's it's the club scene is hot. There's things to do. Miami is definitely a great. I was there during the Masvidal fight, actually. So it was hot, man. It was great. Um, so I, I, I almost wouldn't have left if I didn't have to, I would have stayed there the full month until the next event. I'm not going to lie. I could have had that much fun. No, no, no. It, it is great, but I'm just, I mean, I don't have too much. Don't get too drunk. End up at, at some bar and you meet this hot Russian woman. Uh, I'm stressing the word Russian there too. And you just think, Oh, I'm the, I'm the greatest thing. Why is this, this hot Russian woman? And you, you bring her back to the hotel room. You do what you do next morning. That treasure will be gone. It will be. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, this is a huge conference. So there's got to be some, there probably are some uh, people You're that are looking to take advantage. Yeah. There's like a lot of Bitcoiners that lose their Bitcoin, unfortunately, and we all bow our heads to boating accidents. But, you know, of course, there might be a woman that swoops her shit from a or swoops it all from a hotel room. And then, uh, you know, so so that could be the uh, the next excuse in the line, the, the, the chain of command excuses.
So, anyways, I, I actually like that one. Uh, I will be I will be keeping my eye out uh, for uh, suspicious uh, ladies there, and if I see one of my uh, Bitcoin friends talking to some uh, hottie, I'll, I'll give him the warning. I, I, I'm going to say, no, dude, you might think you're that you're you're that good looking, but you're not. Your your trezor is that good looking though. All right, so sorry, sorry, pirate. I I interrupted you there. Just look for the Adam's apple, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you keep bringing it back to that. Man. I'm just kidding. No, I want you all to have a great time because what you're really doing it's the biggest event in Bitcoin all year. It's going to be an awesome marketing, you know, event for Bitcoin, and you're going to shill the shit out of it, and hopefully the price will go up and. You know, at the end of the day, you know, if that's your thing, I'm, I'm happy for all the people that are going to go there. And I, I mean, I, I do. I would like to meet some of y'all. But personally, I'm sure we will at some point, maybe at the 100K party. All right. All right. All right. Maybe this will become the 100K. Well, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not that bullish there. We will get to the six digit realm one day. All right. Follow a pirate uh, uh, at, at his uh, Twitter, which is linked below. You have anything else to promo or anything there, Pirate Beach Bum? I don't sell anything. I don't. I'm not here to shill shit. <laughs> All right. I thought maybe buy, I, buy Bitcoin. That's what I'm here to shill. Right. Buy yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah. Any inspirational uh, sayings there? Okay, that was a good inspirational saying. Buy, buy Bitcoin. Have a have a strong freaking hand. All right, dudes. That's the that's the end of the show, though. Of course. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Strong hands, long term thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like someone I know. All right, okay. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel. Remember, we do this this week in Bitcoin Show every Friday. Don't be a freaking algorithm slave. Just remember to check out the freaking. Uh, don't rely on YouTube to tell you anything because they're just they're going to tell you the wrong thing. Uh, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Uh, we will see you soon. And, yeah, I'm happy about getting back to Miami. Nashville is a good place, though, also. Go Orioles. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, ending oh, yeah. the stream. Hang on. <laughs> Wait, let's see.